Welcome to My Line Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole McClellan. I'm what you would call a lover of connection, deep conversations, business growth, mindset reprogramming, NLP techniques, and definitely so much more. I am co-CEO of My Line Purpose, along with Kayla Plecki. Together, Kayla and I have a coaching and learning company for women entrepreneurs. Inside of our community, our courses, and our coaching masterminds, we transform women using our systems and soul process. I know that all of my past experiences have added up from being a high school teacher, world traveler, yoga instructor, and best-selling author, and they've all led me here talking to you. I want to share about living an aligned and purposeful life by building a profitable and purpose-driven business or two. I believe that all businesses can be built and sustained by having aligned systems in place and a soul-driven mission. I'm here to inspire you, make you laugh, and leave you feeling connected with these conversations. You can pop this podcast in while driving to the grocery store, getting ready for your day, or winding down in the evening. I'm here to give you weekly personal development, equip you with tools and some magic so that you can live your best life. Because after all, how you live your days is how you live your life. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Facebook at MyAlignPurpose and be sure to check out our free resources and community events at MyAlignPurpose.com. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community. Now let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on My Line Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole McClellan, and I'm so excited today to have with me Val Jones. And it's not often that we do video podcasts, but this feels really special. We want to make sure that those of you following over in YouTube world also get to hear this conversation, see this conversation. And Val and I got connected through a similar coaching program, Facebook group. So grateful for that. And when I met Val and heard about her story, I instantly was like, our community needs to hear this. She came in, did a talk with us, myself, Kayla, our whole community has been raving about it ever since. Um, And so I'm just so excited for everybody to hear about Val, who is the host of the Selfish Woman podcast. And she's got a really great story behind that. So Val, welcome in. Why don't you tell us where are you calling in from and a backstory as much as you want to share about how you got to be here. Thanks, Nicole. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm calling from Vancouver. I've been living here for just a year now and having been born and raised and lived most of my life in the suburbs, it's like so fun to be living the urban life downtown. So that's super fun. Um, Oh my gosh, backstory. I mean, (laughs) we could take the whole episode for that. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. How I got here being a selfish woman and having the podcast and my business and helping women all over the world is really my own story of transformation. And it started way back in my childhood being raised to be the good girl. And, you know, it was my unspoken role in the family of, you know, be polite and uh, don't have large opinions, don't get angry, and then kind of moving into feeling more responsible for, you know, the happiness of the family for various reasons, I really got programmed to be the good girl. And because of that, I really didn't have a lot of direction in my life. I got married really young 
like right before I turned 20, I got married and had a family right away. That was what I thought I should do. And uh, my husband was bipolar, narcissist and alcoholic, which I didn't know at the time, but as time went on, things started to get kind of chaotic and crazy. We ended up in therapy several times. We divorced or separated three times. Like it was just so chaotic. And through that whole time, I really didn't know who I was. I'd never been modeled like how to be an independent woman, how to set boundaries, how to even connect to myself in any real way. So I was just really kind of status quo going through the motions, don't rock the boat and, and really diving into being a mom too, and loving raising my kids. I was a stay-at-home mom, but you know, things just exploded in that relationship at some point. And we came to an end 24 years later. Uh, and I was like, cool. Like that's when I, you know, took my coaches training and I really was like, you know, everything I've gone through, there's gotta be a reason I want to help people, other women. So I took the coaches training, started my business, but I never got to that deeper work within myself of really what was driving my behavior, what was keeping me stuck in the people pleasing and the good girl. And also seeing that I was an enabler. And uh, I didn't go deep into that work. And so guess what? I hopped into another relationship really quick and found myself getting married again. And it was this sort of fairy tale romance. We traveled the world for six months. We got married in Rome. We moved to Spain. We lived in Spain for two years, bought this beautiful heritage apartment, renovated it. Externally, we were living this fantasy life. And I'm telling you, like the Instagram pictures were awesome. (laughs) You know, know, um, we were living this amazing life. And yet inside, I just was getting more and more miserable. And I couldn't figure out why, because I was like, I've done all this work on myself. I should know how to do relationship. We're living this awesome life everybody's dream life. I'm hearing it all the time. You know, you're so lucky. And while I did feel grateful, I also was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be happy? And cracks started showing in that relationship. And I started really noticing that I was just abandoning myself all over the place. I couldn't hold boundaries. I was confused. I always felt kind of lost and I just, I didn't know what to do. And as time went on, it just got worse and worse. No matter what I did, we tried counseling, we tried therapy. I went to therapy and I just felt like there was something innately wrong with me. And it kind of came to a head at the end of 2019. And I was like, you know, having thoughts of ending my life, I was really feeling fucked up and, uh, our relationship was really not, not doing well. We, we could go weeks without even talking to each other. And we would live in the same apartment 24 seven. We both that's on Instagram. That's not on Instagram. (laughs) That's the behind the scenes. Nobody wants to talk about. Mm. And so there was a lot of shame too, about that. Right. And, and how bad it was getting. And nobody knew I was completely isolated. Wasn't talking to my kids. Wasn't talking to my family living in a different country, not speaking the language. I just hit a breaking point. And January of 2020, um, I got on a call with my friends who live all around the world. And we have this tradition at the beginning of every year, you know, we have a call, even if we haven't talked throughout the year, we commit to that and we share our word for the year, what we want to manifest for that year. And you know, in the past, my words have been like abundance or gratitude. And I was trying to find a word that inspired me in any way for going forwards. 
And uh, the only word that kept coming up was selfish. And I was really resistant to that because I was like, that makes no sense. Why would I want to be selfish? That sounds like everything I've been told not to be. Yeah. Right. Raised to be selfless, lived most of my life self as a selfless woman, believing that if I just put everybody else first and if I make everybody else happy, then everything will be okay. And so that word really rubbed me the wrong way, but it wouldn't let me go. And so I got on the call and I was like, you guys, like, I don't know, like my word is selfish. I don't know what that means. And they were like, cool. I can't wait to see what happens. Mm. And after I spoke it out loud, I, I got off the call and I was like, well, wait a minute. Like if selfless isn't working, what if I actually put myself first? in everything I did for a year. What, what would that be like? I'd never done that before that went against everything I believed to be true. And yet it just kept, it just kept haunting me this idea. And so I was like, all right, let's just try it. So for 2020, the whole year, every decision I make, I'm going to put myself first. And off I went on this experiment because nothing else was working. So it's kind of like when you got nothing left to lose, you're much more willing to take risks and try new things. And that's really where I was at. Mm. So that embarked me on my selfish experiment for 2020, which changed my whole life and brought me to where I am today. And all the lessons I learned through that year of putting myself first, it challenged me to my very core because I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know how to connect to myself in that deeper way. I had to start trusting myself. I had to start listening to my intuition and I had to really face the darker parts of myself that I'd never wanted to look at. And so it wasn't this year of like amazing experiences and, you know, like what you would think yachts and spas and, you know, yeah. Although for sure there was some great moments, but most of that year I spent alone, uh, isolated. I left Spain. I left the relationship. I came back to Canada and then the pandemic hit and Ooh. I found myself spending a year, uh, completely alone, completely with myself facing those darker parts of myself and doing some deep, deep work that changed everything for me. Um, and has brought me to where I am today, which I feel like I'm a totally different person. I get told I look totally different. Just yesterday I was, uh, WhatsApping a friend and he was like, I didn't even recognize that picture of you. And I realized it was from like three years ago. Oh, wow. And he didn't think it was me. So it's been completely transformative on every level. Putting myself first changed everything for me. I, love your story so much. I love your energy behind your story. I, I love how open you are to share. And there's so much I want to dive into here. And one of the things I heard you say at the very beginning was I like, so that's how I was programmed to use the word mm -hmm. program. And I would love to know, like the selfish woman, what reprogramming did that take? Mm, yeah, that's, that's honestly such a big part of it. And it's, it's a huge part of how I help my clients now mm -hmm. because I experienced the deprogramming that has to happen in order to actually believe that you're worthy of the life that you want. And so for me, right. The programming was all the experiences I got as a kid. Like I mentioned some of that, right. Grew up in a religious conservative household, well-intentioned parents 
But at the same time, for me, the message was clear. It was like, you act this way, you dress this way, you behave this way, you don't behave this way. And so I got this, this very strong messaging about um, what I, who I needed to be in order to be loved and accepted. Mm. And that love and acceptance is so important for a child. That's what we need to feel safe. And so we fashion ourselves into the role that we're really, con- we're really told we need to be whether it's the good student or the athlete or the whatever. Right. And so I did, I fashioned myself into that good girl and that programming was laid down in my brain from a really young age. And then the more I walked it out and lived from that programming, the more evidence I saw that it was real, that it was true. Right. Because it's like, Oh, when I'm the good girl and I don't rock the boat in my marriage, then things feel safer. I don't have to face that scary thing. So that's evidence that it's true, that it works, that when I put my needs last and I abandon myself, everybody else is okay. And that's what I needed to feel loved and accepted. So that programming starts so young Mm -hmm. and it's mostly subconscious. It's not like we're walking around choosing that consciously, but it's it's the program running on autopilot in the background that drives our behaviors, that drives our emotions, that drives our thoughts. And so we find ourselves stuck in these loops that for me lasted decades of thought, emotion, action that was keeping me miserable. And like I said, as time went on, it became increasingly intolerable to me. Mm. And yet at that point, I didn't really know what to do about it. Yeah. And it's so true. Like how you say the evidence piece, like, of course the evidence will arrive. The evidence is always there. Um, whether we think something is good or bad or right or wrong, the evidence shows up. That's the, that's the proof. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's about looking for proof now, I assume for you and what you support your clients with is like looking for proof that if you put yourself first, Oh, the world keeps spinning. You're, mm-hmm. you're still here. You're breathing. It's all okay. Maybe it's even better than okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are some? You know, there's primarily women that listen to this podcast, and I I know some men as well. But what would you say are the common themes that you see of women who come to you, and they are being so far from selfish? And how do you support them in their transformation? Like what are their problems Mm -hmm. and what transformations are they experiencing because of your mindset work, because of Mm -hmm. your reprogramming and and, and the whole self selfish, selfful is, is good. Yeah. Most of the women who come to me are the good girls, the people pleasers, the women who put everybody else first, because that's what they've been shown. That's what they've been modeled. And they are, they're completely lost. They've lost connection with their true self. They think who they are is this woman who is insecure and lacks confidence and worries all the time and is anxious and can't sleep and, you know, um, isn't having great sex. Maybe they're not even having sex at all with their partner because they just lack emotional intimacy. Like there's so many, um, ramifications of abandoning self. And so they come to me with all of that. And usually it's like the relationship is hitting the bricks or, you know, financially they can't reach a certain level in their business and they don't know why, or, you know, the relationships with their kids or their family members suck or something, right. Their health is shitty. Like there's always 
the, there's always the big thing, the big turning point that often we wait until we have that crisis. Like I did in order to actually mean business about making, creating change because it's uncomfortable and humans love to be comfortable. So we'll stay in that comfort zone as long as we can until it's the pain of staying where we are is less than the fear of growth. And that's when most of us will be like, fine, I will do the work. And so that's the, that's the stage that a lot of women come to me. And then we do the unlearning has to happen first. Like I said, the deprogramming, the releasing the past, maybe that's healing some trauma, releasing trauma that you've been carrying your whole life or healing wounds from the past. And also unlearning a lot of these beliefs, these subconscious beliefs that are limiting them. That's the first thing that has to happen. I kind of use the analogy of like, you know, there's a pile of garbage and underneath the garbage is this, is this treasure. And if all your experiences is that garbage, all the shit from your past, all your limiting beliefs, then that's who you think you are. And the first thing we've got to do is start clearing out the garbage, get the bulldozer in there and start clearing all that crap out. So you can actually connect to who you really are, which is the treasure, which is the truth of how amazing you are, how powerful you are, how abundant you are, what's possible for you. So that's always the first stage. And then we connect, learn how to connect to yourself. Like I had to learn that like, wait, so I have to actually work at this. (laughs) It's not going to just come in, drop in my lap. I think it's, I think it feels like it should be normal and natural to be like, yeah, I know who I am. I can listen to my intuition. I can connect to that part of myself that knows the way that has the wisdom that speaks the truth. But it's not easy when you've had years and years and decades of thinking one way believing you are a certain type of person that you are your thoughts Mm. all of a sudden trying to connect to yourself can feel like, uh, learning a new language. It's like, what, how do I do that? So, you know, that has to happen next. Mm. And then once you do that, then it's like, now you can create a future that excites you. Yeah. And I was just going to ask what's available on the other side of removing the garbage pile. Yeah. Yes, we are the treasure. And what's on the other side of that? Mm -hmm. Everything we want. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you for me, it's like, like 2020, the year of being selfish was a lot of clearing out the garbage. I'd say maybe like four or five months of that. And then the rest of the year was going deep into the treasure of myself and connecting in a new way, meditating, journaling, getting into nature, uh, doing so many deep ways of connecting to self, starting to hear my intuition and starting to slowly take baby steps of trusting myself that I actually knew what was right for me, Mm -hmm. that I actually knew what the answers were. I realized I didn't know how to make a decision like being faced with like having nobody to tell me what to do Mm. was very enlightening to me of being like, holy crap, I can't make a decision if my life depended on it. So having to like go deep and be like, what does my inner being say? And even though that feels scary as hell, I'm going to do it and slowly building self-trust little bit by little bit. And what's on the other side of that for me was everything I ever wanted that I'd been trying to get my whole life. I finally lost the weight I'd been carrying around my whole life. Yo-yo dieting. I lost 55 pounds. Um, I transformed my business. It went from this sort of mediocre 
coaching business where I was like doing all the things I thought I should be doing um, to really just like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks anymore. I'm going to like do what I want because that excites me. And that energy attracts people like really giving myself permission to do what lights me up. And that's a huge part of coming out of the people pleasing is like, stop trying to be all things to all people and just do what you want. Mm -hmm. And that led me to starting the podcast, which was essentially just that it was like, I'm just doing it because it sounds fun and who cares what happens. And that's really, for me, opened up so much possibility. So you know, on the other side of it is all the things that our heart really longs for. Maybe we're scared to even voice it out loud. Mm. Maybe we're scared to believe it's possible because what if it isn't? What if I fail? What if it never happens? What will people think? But when you do that deep inner work, it doesn't, it matters less and less. Yeah. And you start being willing to take more risks. And I always say no risk, no magic. That's one of my favorite mantras because it's so true. Like the more you can trust yourself, the more you can take risks and the more you take risks, the more magic comes into your life. And that's for me, how I've experienced this huge transformation is it's all of those put together, but that's, what's on the other side is everything you, you want that you've never been able to get. It sounds delicious and amazing and so good. And I like, I just know this is going to resonate with so many people. And, you know, I want to talk about the other side of it that I'm sure, well, I'm assuming you have faced and maybe still do. What sort of flack or like criticism does the selfish woman get? Like, what do you, do you hear from other people? Like, oh, like, how can you be that way? Or you don't care about other people? Like what sort of criticisms arise when we step into the selfish woman mm-hmm. and how do we deal with that? Yeah. I get asked this a lot and it's really interesting because I've had next to no criticism and, um, maybe people are scared to tell me, I don't know, but I do get a lot of questions. I do get a lot of curiosity and I think women really resonate with this selfish woman concept, I feel like there's this deep resonant. Yes. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, there are so many questions about like, what does it mean? Because we're redefining a word that has meant something negative. Right. So, you know, a lot of the questions revolve around how can I be selfish and still care for the important people in my life? Like that sounds like I'm now just being that arrogant, bitchy, vapid woman who doesn't care about people when really the opposite is true. I was talking with a client yesterday and, uh, I said like, there's, if there's a, like a a glass jar inside of you, that is how full you are of self, how full is it? And she said like one eighth full, right? I'm like one eighth full of self. And I'm like, okay, so what is the rest of that jar full of, (laughs) Other Mm -hmm. people's opinions, fear of what people might think, your conditioning, your programming, your hurt, your fear, right? So the goal is to start filling that jar full of self. And the more you fill it up, then it starts to spill over. And when it spills over, that's what we can give to others. Mm -hmm. We can give our kids energy, joy, excitement, presence. We're not the mom who's like with our kids, but in our mind, we're spinning into anxiety or stress or worry. And we're not really present. 
Right. Uh, you know, I was raised, my mom wasn't present. She was depressed and she was not emotionally available. And I wish she had been selfish. I wish she had given to herself because then she would have been able to be present and give to me. So it's like, fill yourself up until you're so full that you can't help, but give to others, give to your family, give to your friends, give to your job, your career, your community, the world from joy and abundance and overflow. And then other people feel really good to receive from you. Right. Cause when you give from like an empty jar, you're feeling exhausted, overwhelmed and resentful. And that doesn't feel good when you get that from somebody. Yeah. And it's felt like that. You can't fake the energy of resentment. It can't last. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest say questions I get is like, how do you be selfish when, cause look, I had the luxury, let's face it of my kids are grown up. So I'm an empty nester. And so I didn't, I didn't have, when I did my selfish experiment, I didn't have kids at home. So, you know, I had the luxury of being alone for that whole year, but women ask me a lot like, cool, but how do I do that? When I have kids at home, I'm so busy. I don't have time to meditate for an hour a day. Right. We talk about the reality of what that actually means. Then maybe being selfish means 10 minutes a day of meditation, five minutes of journaling, um, asking your husband to take care of the kids and you go for a walk for half an hour, right? It's, it's not about the length of time. It's about the intention and the willingness to actually give back to yourself, understand what you need, and then give it to yourself and be creative about finding ways to do that. So you know, I think that's probably the biggest question about being selfish. Um, but for the most part, I'd say overwhelming support. So it sounds to me like it's actually about worthiness, like the worthiness of, can I take 10 minutes? Hmm. Can I take five minutes? Like, and how often do you see worthiness play into the work that you do? I love that question because it's the foundation of everything. You know, on my podcast, when I do interviews, I always ask every woman the same question at the end. And that is, if you could go back in time and say one thing to your little girl self, what would you tell her? And every woman so far has said a variation of you are enough. Mm which tells me that this is a universal thing that women don't feel worthy. And when we look at society and culture and the patriarchy and conditioning and experiences in relationships, like, of course, we have been conditioned to doubt ourselves, to feel like we're not enough, right? Uh, every, every advertisement is like, buy this thing and you'll look better or you'll get the man or you'll feel sexy because we need something outside of us to validate our worth. And so when you don't feel worthy, when you don't feel like you're enough, you are going to start living life from that belief and like it or not, your conscious mind can say, I know I'm enough. Yeah. But if your subconscious has been programmed to the not enough place, it doesn't matter because you, you know, the average person is 95% subconscious during their waking hours, which means we're on autopilot. The program is running in the background and we're barely aware of it. So if you think about, say you're on a football team with five people and the other team has 95 people, like who's going to win? Yeah. The subconscious wins. Every so time. if the unworthiness has been 
deeply embedded in your subconscious, then it is driving your self-talk. It is driving what you believe to be possible. It is driving your emotions and it's driving your behavior. And so when you can finally clear that out through, maybe you need to do some inner child work and, and bring that little girl back who, you know, before anything happened to her, the little girl who like didn't give a shit what anyone thought and was just being that silly, crazy, free young girl, bring her back, start reconnecting with your true self and start reprogramming yourself so that you can finally believe you're worthy. Once you believe you're worthy, oh my gosh, like what can't you do? That's when women become dangerous because we are no longer willing to play into the old boxes we've been put in. And that's when women become powerful because we see our potential and we are, we build courage and confidence to start stepping into what we need to do to fulfill that purpose and potential. Yeah. And it's, you know, it makes me think of the quote that's like a woman who knows her worth is one of the most dangerous women on the planet. And it's like, but dangerous to who, you know, the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I hear you say this, I'm like, okay, so little girls get role modeled to by like older siblings, cousins, teachers, moms, coaches, that sort of thing. And then teenagers are influenced once again by somebody who's already been there and social media. And then moms um, or adult women, I should say, we've got our own programming that has happened our whole life. So I'm so curious to know where you feel like it should start. Like, is, does it start with the woman who has the potential to see and make the change and she role models it to the younger generations? Or does this selfish woman, selfish girl experiment, does this really need to start with young girls, with preteens, with teens, young adult women? Like, where do you feel like the cycle could start? I mean, yes to all of that. Because I think we're all responsible to do our own work, regardless of what stage you're at, when the work calls you, when you are called to feel like I'm, I'm done and fed up with feeling this way or whatever, and then you're called to do the work. And when you do the work, there's a ripple effect. Hmm. When you change yourself, you change your experience, your external reality starts to shift whether that means you're no longer willing to tolerate things in your relationship or your parenting changes or whatever. But when you do the work to change yourself first, then the ripple effect happens. And so for me, that ripple effect has been my adult children watching their mother, you know, do her work, heal, learn how to communicate better, stand up for herself, set boundaries, leave a toxic marriage. So that's ripple effect is changing them. They're seeing that it's safe and okay for them. They're giving themselves permission to talk about their experiences, talk about their feelings, right? Set boundaries. And that will ripple into their children. So I believe that it all, I mean, eventually we will change the generations from the, from the beginning stages, right? And the future parents will have hopefully way better tools and way better conditioning so that they can raise their children with that deep sense of worthiness, their, their girls, let's say. Um, so I think, yeah, if we can start with like, let's raise girls to feel worthy. And I do think that's starting to shift. 
Um, but it's all about each of us, wherever we are to do that work and take radical responsibility for ourselves first, and then watch that ripple out. And that's where it gets exciting because I honestly believe that's how we'll change the world is by women empowering themselves, healing themselves, and then creating that ripple effect, whether it's your own kids and your family, or whether it's your community or the, the world, like we all have a part to play. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's so beautifully said. And I do think generationally, you know, if we think about our grandmothers and their mothers and that sort of thing, it was like, you, yeah, you are the, um, you know, it, it, it almost feels like, like you, you are here to be of service to everybody else. And then that gets passed down and there's some lessons that are learned. And then we might look at our moms or aunts and see a different generational pattern play out there. And then, then we come into millennials and then we come into Gen Z coming next. And I mean, I feel really hopeful and inspired by the next generation Mm -hmm. of like, they are so open-minded. I, I, I would say as a collective, right? There's always going to be an outlier, um, but they're open-minded, they're curious, and they're really like emotionally in tune, I yeah. think. And I think that's, what's been missing generation generationally, like Brené Brown says in her work, you know, we're taught happy, mad, sad, um, happy, mad, glad when it's like, oh, I've got three emotions. How are you? I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm happy. It's right. Like, well, there's actually like 40 other emotions that you can be. Do you know how to identify with those? Yeah. 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 And so as we educate more and more about like, you can feel a different way, you can explore that, release it, let go and, and move into this self full woman. Yes. I would love to know, um, with the selfish woman podcast, And I know there is a book in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is definitely like the mess, your message is getting out there bigger and bigger and more Mm -hmm. every day. If you could have somebody listen to your podcast or read your book that like they were the catalyst or the game changer, you know, if it was like Oprah or something. And he said, I want this person to hear my message so that they can spread it bigger and wider. Is there anybody that comes to mind? Mm, So like, you know, who would I want to read my book and take it to the masses? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The one that I, that always stands out to me is Glennon Doyle, Mm. because I mean, if you haven't read Untamed, go read it. But she, she's really been uh, a beacon for me in the last few years of what it means and what it looks like to be courageous and to be fully authentic and to say the things that women have been afraid to say for a really long time. She really voiced my inner um, thoughts and feelings to me when I didn't know how to. So I would, you know, I'd love for her to be like, girl, let's get this out to the world. And, you know, then she can send my book to Reese Witherspoon and then, you know, Reese will make it into a movie. Like that's, that's the ultimate (laughs) goal. So, you know, Glennon, if you're listening, (laughs) you might have to send her a message with the podcast. We'll send it to her. (laughs) 
I also love Glennon. I love Abby. I love their visibility on the internet and how vocal and communicative they are. And mm-hmm. yeah, her book Untamed, I second that. Read it. Her whole analogy about having her family on the island and like I loved that so much. And the the simple reminder of we can do hard things. Right. It's so simple. And yet it's become this mantra (laughs) for so many of us that we repeat over and over because it's true. We can do hard things. If you have support, if you can get whatever support you need, whether it's a sisterhood or a coach or, you know, someone in your corner who can support you, it's even easier to do hard things. It's really hard to do in isolation, but yeah, we can, we are way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So Val, I always ask everybody on the podcast, two questions. And, you know, as this, this podcast is my aligned purpose, I would love to know. First question is what do you feel like is your purpose right now in this season of life? I feel like our purpose is always changing, but if you had to name it for this particular season, you feel like you're in, what's your purpose right now? Mm -hmm. Love that question. For me right now, you know, like I said, I'm an empty nester. I'm now single and I'm 50 fucking three. <laughs> like, look at you, you're radiating. You're so, useful. I mean, I feel like I'm aging backwards, but you know, uh, <laughs> oh, the fifties are fabulous. Just wait. Anyways. So for me right now, I feel like I have the opportunity to help more women than I was able to before when I had kids at home and I was, you know, um, in my people pleasing phase. (laughs) Now it's like, I want to help more women get their power back, deal with their crap that's holding them back so they can more quickly step into their purpose. So my goal right now, my purpose right now is to get this out to as many women as I can, because I'm on a mission to take as many women into being selfish as I can, because I really see the power that happens when a woman just starts getting full of herself. It's Mm -hmm. magnetic. So yeah, that's my purpose right now is to kind of just amplify that message because I'm so passionate about it because it's changed my life. I'm living proof. You are living proof. And before I get to the second part of that question, what needs to be your trending hashtag to start the movement? Like, is it the selfish woman? Like, what do we need to get everybody on board with? Yeah, it's hashtag the selfish woman. I use it on Instagram. So like, use it, listen to the podcast and screenshot your favorite episode and put it on Insta stories and I'll share it too. And like, let's spread the word hashtag the selfish woman. Okay. Love it. So everybody's in the know. Now the second part to the question is, you know what your purpose is and then how do you know when you are in alignment with that purpose? Cause I'm sure there's days where you wake up and you're like, Oh great. Another gray Vancouver sky. Do I get out of bed today? You know? So, um, how do you know, like, yep, I am so in alignment with this. Purpose. Mm-hmm. I love this question too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause like the reality is we're not always in alignment. It's not always like, woohoo, I'm on top of the world. Um, yeah, it's a gray Vancouver day. It's been raining for a week, but also like I had a surgery last Friday, right? It was just like a minor procedure, but it was still like a surgery. And so I had like, I was on painkillers and, you know, and so like, I, I felt that I felt that 
sort of disalignment happening just because I wasn't feeling well, it's gloomy out. And then I was comfort eating, right? So it was like all this, these things. And what happens for me is first recognize when, when I'm out of alignment, what does that feel like? I gotta, I've got to pay attention to the signs because I got so used to ignoring it and avoiding it. And so now I'm really aware of like, wait, I'm not feeling um, excited. Uh, my self-talk is going to anxiety. I'm starting to feel anxious about things that nothing's changed outside of myself. So something's changed inside. So first I recognize when I'm out of alignment, what that feels like. And then I'm like, cool. I know what I need to do now after a year of doing this work. I know I need to journal out all of the thoughts that I don't want to face. Right. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Like I've got to face it. And then I start speaking the truth to myself. I know this, I decide this, I get to have this, I get to do that. This is who I really am. Self-talk is uh, like number one, I'll meditate. I will put music on and dance until I feel that shift in my body. Uh, I will get out into nature, you know, it's, do some yoga, like learn your, learn to know yourself on such an intimate level that you can recognize when you're out of alignment and you know what to do to get yourself back in. And then you do it that builds so much self-trust because now it's like, you don't need anybody or anything to make you feel better. You're making you feel better. And that's when you really feel powerful. Yeah. And that's when we can, I love that you said that, like when we know that, um, you know, nobody can make you feel better. It, it, then it's also the, it removes the excuse of somebody making you feel bad. Like, Oh, this person makes me feel this way. No, yeah. they don't. You feel this way in the presence of them, but mm -hmm. they like, or you allow that to happen, but people do not make us feel certain ways. It's we are in control yeah. of how. Yeah. It's lazy thinking because I, and look, I lived that my whole life. There's no judgment, but let's call it what it is. Nobody can make us feel a certain way. No experience can make us feel a certain way. It's what we choose to make the meaning out of what's happening. And when you realize that and you start doing the work to shift that inner experience, you become really unbothered Yeah, because you, you know that your power lies within and you know exactly what to do to feel your feelings. This is not toxic positivity, right? I'm going to feel angry. I'm going to feel um, sad. I'm going to feel anxious, but I'm in control of that. I know how to name it, feel it, process it, and then recover more quickly. And I think that's the thing I talk about a lot is it's not about never feeling a negative feeling. It's about how soon can you recover when you have something hard happen, when you have something challenging happen. And, you know, if it's a big thing, a loss of a loved one or something, then it's an appropriate time to feel those feelings yeah. and let yourself be in the full experience. I think that's another thing I really learned was like the full human experience is actually feeling everything, but just not getting attached to those feelings so that you end up stuck there for years and years. Mm -hmm. I love that you just said that the full human experience, because that's what I was just thinking is like the permission of 
uh, the permission of we are human, we get to feel it all. And you know, the depths at which you can feel grief is the depths at which you can feel joy. But if you don't yes. allow yourself to go to grief, then you can't allow yourself to go to joy. It's like they're the law of polarity. They are opposite ends of the spectrum. So if this one ends here, then this one ends here. But yes. if you can really travel into the depths of your fears, then you can really travel into the depths of your dreams. Preach it. So good. So good. I mean, exactly. We need to hear that because that's what I did my, most of my life. I was, I called myself the walking dead. I was like, no, I'm not going to feel those scary negative emotions. So I'm going to like suppress all of that. But guess what? Then you're suppressed from feeling happiness. Mm. Now I'm just depressed in this flatliner place of not feeling anything. Now I'm going to take medication so I can not feel depressed, but then I don't feel anything. Right. So like, yeah, the full human experience is the more you open to all emotions and stop saying they're good and bad, they're just energy. The more you open to all of them, the more you have access to all of them. And like you said, the more you're open to the, the, the lower level, let's call it emotions, the more difficult emotions, the more you're open to happiness. Like my happiness level is probably like 80% higher than it was even three years ago. And that to me is like everything. Like I really think if we can just wake up and feel happy, that's kind of what all of us want. Like, don't we just want to feel happy and content and joy and yeah. And, and that comes with opening to the shadow, the darker parts. And like I always say, the only way to it is through it. Yeah, absolutely. Feel it to heal it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you've got such incredible, uh, like methods and processes and ways that people can work with you. So why don't you tell us, uh, what do you got going on? How do we connect people to work with you, reach out to you? Um, what are those programs or courses or whatever they may be and where do we find them? And we'll also make sure that anybody who's listening or watching, Uh, If you don't have pen and paper around, it'll be linked in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah. There's lots going on right now. So I've got the selfish woman podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. I have a free Facebook group. It's called the radical women collective. Cool place to hang out. If you want to talk about all, all of this stuff. Um, I just released a mini course about boundaries because that is a resonating theme, right? With the good girl and the people pleaser. So it's like a $47 mini course. It's a series of four videos. You work through it at your own pace, but I'm taking you through all the stuff, not just like how to set boundaries, but how to do some of the inner work around why it's hard for you. So that's available. Um, I'm hosting a, I think, you know, this I'm hosting a women's retreat um at the end of september on vancouver island i'm super excited about this i actually just released the landing page yesterday so i'm gonna share the link with that if it's it's only eight women i've already sold one spot so if anyone wants to check it out like get your butt in there and then lastly um i'm coming out with a group program in a probably in april and that's going to be a 12-week program where i'm literally doing all of this that i've been talking about for women who are feeling stuck and people pleasing the good girl, maybe relationship struggles, they want to step into their power. I'm going to do 12 weeks of video and live Q and a, and a Facebook group and like tons of support. So that's coming up as well. But if you want to stay in touch with everything that's coming out, just follow me on Instagram, Ms. Val Jones, MS Val Jones, and the links in my bio to all of that too. Okay. Awesome. I love it. I am 
We don't have our, our honeymoon plans or tentative dates for September and um, going to Europe. And if we're back by the last weekend of September, I won't be upset because that will mean that I can come to retreat. <laughs> oh my so. gosh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> yeah, Wait, so honeymoon in Europe though, that sounds pretty, pretty awesome too. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's all great things are, are lining up. Um, and you know, I have to say, I'm so inspired chatting with you today and I, I just love your work and I love your energy and you're so magnetic and I have a birthday coming up this week and it's really making me reflect on, I like choose a word every year for my birthday. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I want it to be something different than abundance or I don't know travel or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, is it the, is it, do I mimic you and say inspired by Val and doing your selfish or is it the year of joy, the year of play? So I'm going to really sit on that the next couple of days and uh, mm-hmm. report back to you. I love that. And I would just say like, really listen in to what that deep, deep voice is saying. And maybe it's a little bit scary. The word that's presenting itself but trust that, right? Trust your intuition, whatever word just won't leave you alone, whether it's selfish or whatever it is for you. It's like, that's, that's how I got there was like, I really, I really want this, but it feels scary. And I don't know. I think I'm just going to go for it. Mm. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what it is. Yeah. Something's bubbling up right now. So I'll, uh, I'll report back and see if this is the word, but it's love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Val. This has been incredible. Thank you to everybody who tunes in and listens to this podcast. Um, I can't wait for you to share this and share what has resonated with you from Val's words and her story and her experience. And, uh, I look forward to seeing what all comes and I can't wait to grab your book and, um, yeah, thank you again for, for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. This was so good. Such a powerful conversation. It was so fun.